Tonight I want to talk to you about three different levels of prayer in the church or three kinds of church churches that pray. Right now, Pastor Danny, his son is on staff in New York at Brooklyn Tab. When Brooklyn Tab first started, there were 15 people that gathered the first Sunday. Their total offering was $85. Their total uh, debit that week or bills that week were 232 just to pay the utilities and keep the lights on. The building was small. The church was not painted. It was anything in comparison to what it is today. It was just a room, barely could keep the lights on with 15 people. Jim Cimbala says that he realized at that very moment that he was absolutely nothing, that there was nothing about him that was good. He said, but it was in that same moment that he realized that God runs to those that are humble. And that's the scripture. The Bible said that God resists the proud and give grace to the humble. He says that there, that very moment he realizes that those that are humble and realize that they honestly and desperately need God, that God would run to them and help them as they seek his face. He says at first, and I like this because I've been there at times, and you're not going to like this, but I'm going to be honest. He said that there were times at first that I didn't even want to go to church, and I was the pastor. I've been there. Anybody? No, anybody. I've been there myself. Because sometimes it can be so stressful, and it can be so much about everything except what the church was supposed to be about. And I said, at times in pastoring, that I have to take a Sunday off or take a break or just recharge my batteries because there's so much that makes up a church that if you're not careful, you're jumping through the circus hoops of the church to keep the machine going, but you're really not doing anything. Anybody listening tonight? He says that very moment that he sat down and prayed with his wife, and this is what the Holy Spirit spoke to him. If you and your wife will lead my people to prayer, and call upon my name. You will never lack for something fresh to preach. I will supply all the money that's needed, both for your church and for your family, and you will never have a building large enough to contain the crowds I will send in response. God is not a man that he shall lie, amen. On Tuesday nights now, every week at Brooklyn Tab, they will pack the church completely out, not to hear a preacher preach, not to see people sing spectacularly, not to come and have a social dinner, but the church will be packed out by people traveling all over the world to come seek God's face in prayer, dynamic prayer powerful laying on the floor prayer. The prophecy that God gave him has come to pass. Church tonight, I want to push us further into this as we transform our church into a house of prayer. If you would look to your neighbor and say, get ready. Would you do that for me, please? So we've got to be honest tonight. We've got to go to the doctor and have a self-evaluation. We have to ask ourselves, first of all, what kind of church are we? The first level church is a church that prays in crisis. Nothing wrong with praying in crisis. At that level church, the sphere of the church, prayer is outside. It is only reached and grabs on when a crisis comes to our midst. Such as, think about this tonight, our pastor leaves us. What do we do? We call a fast and we pray. We pray because there's a crisis. We have lost our shepherd. We need to find the will of God, so we pray. Secondly, when do we pray as a church? When their division is in the church. 
Will we sense that there's a division in the church? We'll call a fast and we'll pray. Thirdly, the greatest crisis that I see that brings prayer to a church is sickness. When there's a great sickness, a cancer, a tragedy, a child that's been in a rain, we'll call the church and we'll pray. All those are great things to pray about. But the problem is this, that most churches in America, this is the prayer model of the church. We pray when there's a crisis. We pray when there's a death. We pray when we can't pay the bills. Anybody listening tonight? We pray when the preacher is preaching dull and boring. That's when we pray. And at that level, church, that's all prayer is about. There's a second level, and I'm gonna push this further in a few moments. At this level, the sphere of the church, prayer is not outside the sphere, it's inside. It's not at the heart, but it's at the inside. At this level, church, this is a church with a prayer ministry. A church with a prayer ministry is a church that has prayer as a fabric of the church. It's just like youth ministry, and kids ministry, and singing ministry, and Danny ministry, and Anthony ministry, and Joy ministry, Neil ministry, all the ministry. Prayer is another ministry of the church. And at face value, I should be happy about that. And you should be happy about that. Because if you ever reach a level two church like that, you're at a good church. A level two praying church is far above 95% of the churches in America. This is a church that believes in prayer. This is a church that prays. This is a church that will call prayer meetings and people actually show up at prayer meetings. This is a church that calls prayer revival and 75 to 90 people show up on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, Thursday, or Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and even on Friday when the preacher calls a crazy meeting that he couldn't be at, 45 more people show up just to pray. And by the way, there were two miracles that flowed from that Friday night prayer meeting alone. A third one I will tell you in a few weeks because I'm waiting on confirmation. But three, two miracles confirmed and we think one more. That is a great church. Then there's a third level. The third level is a, 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 a church that the prayer ministry is not just a ministry, but the church is a house of prayer. That everybody in the church knows that every ministry that we have, that prayer is not another ministry, but every ministry that we have, prayer is the center of that ministry. I'm going to prove the point in a few moments. The reason why is because when it's not, you're depending on a few people to carry the load of the church. Let's break it down further. Level one church. A level one church prays when there's a crisis. Prayer is thought as an offering to God, not about furthering the kingdom. Prayer at times is consumed what with what? Personal requests. Give me, give me, I need, I need. My wife needs to lose weight, God. Help her lose weight. She needs a new car. You understand what I'm saying? Anybody? Now, that's not my prayer. I'm quoting somebody else in the house tonight. Don't you quote me on that. I didn't. Prayer at that time, there's no teaching and training on prayer. Prayer meetings aren't called regularly. They're irregular. Prayer is self-interest at best. Leaders do not call or pray before the people. No one meets to pray. Prayer is casual and prayer is optional. Prayer meetings are very rare. No one is tasked to lead prayer. There is no definite prayer structure. Atmosphere is seated with fear, faithless, desperation, and the church has given up on praying. Level two church, where I feel that we're at tonight. We're undergirding ministries with prayer. Prayer is only one ministry, though, in our church. Prayer time is about praying for the other ministries. Prayer meetings are regular, but not a primary focus of the church. Somebody say, ooze. 
Ah, say something as if I stepped on your toes. That's the truth. Somebody say he's preaching the truth. Stay with me. I'm setting you up tonight. The church has a faithful prayer band. A few leaders come to pray as the schedule is lauded by the pastor. Meetings are open and closed with prayer, and sometimes it's incidental or it is used as a transition in the service. Wow. Prayer meetings are often this way. Typically, there's no prayer staff or no one that is ordained to lead us in prayer. There is limited prayer structure. The atmosphere is often stale. Prayer is a duty and a chore to some of the leaders. And to pray and ask people to pray is a struggle. I'm talking about the Sunday morning crowd. Look to your neighbor and say, aren't you glad you're here tonight? Would you do that for me? Level three praying church, and then I'll preach or teach. Christ is a center of every activity. That's what I want you to get tonight. Because prayer itself is not the key. It's that communion with Christ. But the, the th key that that is, it can only be accessed first by prayer. Prayer is at the heart of every ministry. Every ministry is encouraged to put prayer at its center. Prayer is featured at all gatherings. Prayer training is featured as part of the leadership of the church. The church is determined to raise up a mighty army of prayer starting with the children's ministry. Leaders attend prayer. Leaders desire to attend prayer. Members meet just for the purpose of praying. Prayer meetings will vary in style. Prayer meetings will vary in length, but prayer is being made in the church. The level three church insists on quality and trained leadership to lead in prayer. There is a growing and expanding structure of prayer. There is a deeping and growing humility among the leaders because they are praying. And lastly, prayer is joyful in the church. Can somebody say amen? That is where I strive to take North Wahala to. Not everybody will go. Not everybody wants to go. Not everybody likes it. I will call a singing and they'll pack the church out. I will call a dinner and they'll bring their neighbor. I call a prayer meeting, a revival of prayer, and the dog is sick and they have to stay home. Let's press a little more. The church that prays in crisis, while this is good, it is not enough. Why we should pray about needs. And Anthony, this is not about you. You were doing what I asked you, so I want to put that out front. Think about how we do prayer. We take up prayer requests. It should spur us to go home and pray. I know that. But let me be honest with you, and I want you to be honest with me. How many of you tonight, that last Wednesday night when they took up prayer requests, you wrote those down and you went home and you prayed about them before you went to bed? Don't raise your hand. Don't look at your husband or your neighbor. I'm just asking. We'll spend 10 minutes in prayer request and a minute praying. I'm not talking about him. I'm talking about the church. It's true. I'm guilty of that. I am. Anybody else guilty of that? We decorate our Christmas tree of the church with prayer activities, prayer lingo, prayer thoughts, but the actual fervent prayer being made to save your child, the intercessory prayer, if anything since January, has God not proved to us the power of a praying church? Young man got saved Sunday morning. I had lunch with him today. I, I, I don't know what tomorrow will hold, but I can tell you that the man that I had lunch with today is different than the man that I saw last week. There was a peace about his life. For the first time in a long time, prayer will prevail if the church will pray. 
Prayer cannot always be a cry for help. Prayer must delight in the pleasure of the presence of Almighty God. It is a loving dialect that we seek with God, a love language, a prayer language, an intimacy that's found as a Shulamite looking for her lost lover, that we go back to God in prayer, and our prayers cannot be based because my bills are not paid, and my prayer life cannot be based because my child is in trouble. While that will drive me to prayer, and it has, that cannot be the level and the depth of my prayer. That prayer life is very shallow because you must have a crisis in your life for you to even talk to God. Then you wonder why God has allowed certain things to attack your life. Why don't you be honest and say, if it had not been for that last sickness and if it had not been for that last crisis, I wouldn't have prayed like I prayed. But because of that last mountain, I've grown in God. I know about the God of the fiery furnace. I know about the God in the lion's den. That's one wonderful saints. But once you learn about that God in crisis, go to the next level and learn about the God of intimacy. Learn about the God that still speaks. Learn about the God that will go before you. We give God praise. And I had a conversation with a great couple last night about the protective hand of God. We give God praise about what we know he has done. But what about the things we don't know? What about the times God showed up and we didn't even know he was at work till later? I tell you, that's the things that we have that God will share with us if we would but just pray to this great God. Let's move deeper. So crisis alone won't do it. It must be out of a pleasure for his presence. Secondly, the church with a prayer model. And let me just teach. I, I feel good tonight. Anybody else feel good? Here, here's the problem with that. This is where I feel like we are. And our, our leaders, we've talked about this. This is good, Bo. We pray as deacons. We pray as staff. We, we pray prayer revivals. But here's where I believe we, we messed up. We add prayer tonight, David, like this. We, we need a youth pastor. We need a children's pastor. We need, we need an outreach pastor. We need a senior pastor. Praise God. And all those things are good. But can I tell you, not one of those, maybe the lead pastor, let me back up. There's nowhere in scripture that says you need, a, you need an elder's pastor you need a children's pastor or a youth pastor. Now hear me out on that. Pastor just told us we don't need those things. Yes, we do. Hear what I'm saying though. Those things come from a prayer life when God ordains it. They are benefits to the kingdom of God. Here's the problem though. We hire a children's pastor and we hire a youth pastor to do a job for us. And that's wrong. We hire a hired gun because they sing good and preach good and look good and they know the lingo and they know just what to say and what to do. I'm gonna hire Ashley Williams to be our youth pastor because he wears his pants sagging and he'll fit in with the culture of our young people. Hello. That's what we do. That's what we do. I want to entertain our kids at times. I want them to have fun. I want them to come to church. I do. But that cannot be the basis of the youth ministry. Here's why. If the basis of the youth ministry is that we've hired the best children's pastor and we turned them loose and we got out of the way and they have the best softball team, the best baseball team, we, have the, we won team talent, we won junior talent, we've got more trophies than the Olympic, Olympians, we, we're just the best. If that's all that we do, we have failed. 
quote that, tweet it, whatever you want to do. I don't care. We have failed. Pastor, what's wrong with a church pastor? Nothing. We need one. What's wrong with outreach pastor? He does a fantastic job. Nothing. But the outreach pastor and the children's pastor and the lead pastor cannot do ministry based off performance-driven work. It must be based off of the intimate prayer life with God that everything flows out of my ministry, not because I know somebody, not because I'm talented, not because I'm the best looking pastor at North Walhalla, which I am. You understand what I'm saying? That cannot be the basis of my ministry. The basis of my ministry is that I have been alone with God and I've heard his voice. Therefore, when I stand before the teenagers, yes, I shoot ball with them. And yes, we go do youth things and go out to eat, but I do that for five minutes and 10 minutes and 20 minutes where I can stand before them and say, thus saith the Lord and teach them the word of God and make them a disciple. And if I make them a disciple, then I will give them a mission mandate where they go in all the world and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. We don't do that though. We don't do that. And I'm guilty as a leader. I put all the check boxes for them to follow. But deep down, I know. And I want you to hear what I'm about to say. With every staff member we have in this church, every deacon, I'm gonna make a very, very bold statement. If they don't have a prayer life, they will either fake it or sooner or later a situation will happen and they'll leave or quit. I'm not saying anybody that leaves here left in trouble. God, Pastor Russell, God moved him. I'm not talking about Russell Ball and Trish or anything. I'm talking about when somebody leaves the wrong way. Here's why. Because the devil will always make a mess of flesh. And if you're not walking with God, you will react fleshly. I'm guilty. I almost did it last night. I've been so good. And it wasn't my fault. It was my wife's fault. <laughs> We're at a ball game. Everything's well. My son's behaving. The team's all right. But this other team, not from Wahala, I ain't gonna tell you what town they're from, but it's over there where Chris Burton used to live at. And so that team over there came over and they're walking by calling all our little boys trash. And that, that, that's hard to swallow, you know what I mean? And I was fine until my wife said, I ain't gonna put up with that too much longer. You understand what I'm saying? And I'm trying to get her calm before you know it. I about said something. I said, look here now. I, I can't be a pastor all night if you keep talking like that. Before I realized, I started laughing. I said, you a big dummy. What you going to do? Them three men will whoop you three ways to Sunday. And I started laughing. And Nikki Addis was behind us. And I texted her later. I said, I want to apologize for the way my wife acted tonight. <laughs> if you're not careful, the enemy will always find a way to expose what you don't have. I, I'm gonna press this a little bit more while I got time. I'm gonna come back next Wednesday. I'm telling you, this is the levels of churches today. We're good. We're better than 95% of America because we have a prayer ministry. But if that teacher don't pray, you're gonna burn out. 
If you don't pray, you won't have fresh material. If you don't pray about your marriage, if there's not an altar in your house, your marriage is already rocky. If your kids don't see you pray, see, you can't let me do it. You can't let Michelle do it. You can't let Danny. It has to be your communion with God. And what we do as a level two church, we added prayer and we're pleased with that. And that's good for now, but that's not enough. Hey, you pastor. You're going to do good here. We've got 33 kids the other Saturday. We're going to, we, we have money in the bank. We're going to give you money. You go, and, and Pastor Wade's going to pray for you. That man will fail. He, you may not, he will or she will fall. But if we teach that person to pray, and if that person has a prayer language, that person knows how to talk to Almighty God when they want to quit the ministry because it will get tough. And when they want to give up when that kid dies in a car wreck, and they want to give up when that kid quits for a while because he's backslid, and they want to give up because of this and that, if they don't have a prayer line, the enemy will devour them. But if they know him like I know him, and if they know how to get a hold of him in the midnight hour like Paul and Silas, where they can't do nothing else, and they can't reach Pastor Neil, and they can't reach Anthony, they can't reach joy, but they know how to call upon the one whose name is greater than everybody else's. The one who will show up in the midnight hour. If they know how to get in touch with him, I'm telling you, they'll make it through the storms of their ministry and their life because they have an effective prayer life. Somebody say amen in this house tonight and give God praise. The church that I believe that God wants us to be is this, quickly tonight. They have the heartbeat of every person we know how to pray. I'll never forget the General Assembly when they put up Emma's kids from Africa. And they put the video up. Some of you have seen the video in the Church of God. And these kids, 50 deep. And they're crying and wailing before God. I, I mean praying, praying for revival. I'm not talking about the staff. I'm talking about kids. And they're crying out to God to save and heal and turn their land around. What conviction. If we're not discipling our kids, thus leading them into a missional ministry, we have failed. 5%, the latest statistic, 5% of their kids, are, that's what we're keeping right now in one of the latest statistics to come into ministry from kids to youth ministry, 5%. I don't know about you, but that's not a good percentage. When we fail to make every ministry and every member to have a relationship with Christ for himself, prayer is not that basis. I want to say that again. Prayer is not the first thing. It's the intimate desire with Jesus Christ. He is the centrality of our faith. He is central. But then we recognize to walk with him and have that intimacy, it first comes through prayer. That's what I'm calling this church tonight. Prayer as a relationship, it maintains our fellowship. Yes, God, at times we have access in crisis moments. We have access for grace but prayer must be the heart of every ministry and ministry. It must be the center of what we do. We should encourage everybody to pray. Can I press it? I thank God for our two buses. 
And I thank God that we take our teenagers and our seniors out so they can have fun. But if that's all we do in those two ministries, we have failed. I just made both sides mad. You see how I could do that in one second? It's the truth. You'll find that nowhere in Scripture. But while we're taking the seniors out and the youth out having fun, which is necessary, if we will also teach them to have a personal, private prayer life, we will reap a reward that we won't be able to fit all the people into this church. If we fail to do that, though, only thing we have done is provided religious entertainment. And I will be honest with you, I'd rather have worldly entertainment because most of the time they are more organized and better at entertainment than we are. That's why we're not supposed to do what they do. That's why we're supposed to have something that they don't have. And through that relationship with Jesus Christ and through my communion and conversation with him, I can do more and accomplish more because he says I can. Amen? That's what it's called to be. A house of prayer for all nations. The activity of his house is prayer. And the focus of prayer is missional. And it is for the nations. And out of that, a harvest of every ethnic stream will come because we have decided to make it a house of prayer. So what, what are we going to do? We have to change our social structure of the church. We do. Are y'all quiet tonight? I didn't think you'd be this quiet. We have to make up our mind to change the social structure of the church into what this says it was already supposed to be. Let me tell you the church I grew up in. I, I don't ever remember a prayer meeting. I don't. I really don't ever remember the book of Acts being preached. I know we had plenty of money in that church, but we didn't want to build anything for the youth because our church was on the edge of the part of the African-American community. And I'll leave that alone, but that's why we didn't build anything for the youth. Anybody listening? The church that I grew up in, I can never, ever remember that being a fabric of the church. Our youth group at the time was 30-something. The church would run about 200 in a small town, which is wonderful. Today, that church is Lucky, lucky to have 30 people on Sunday morning. 30 people. That's money. They are lucky to have 30 people to attend. One of the oldest churches in South Carolina, the building is absolutely gorgeous. The organ that they have, the pipes up there, is worth so much money, all this and that. But let me tell you one more time. If we don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ where this word takes preeminence and we follow the Holy Ghost and we pray and we pray and we pray out devils and we pray down strongholds and we pray the victory and we teach our kids how to pray, that way when they're at school and they're being bullied or they have anxiety or somebody presses them, they know how to call upon the name of Jesus Christ. When they're in a car and somebody, they know how to call the name of Jesus. 
Jesus Christ. When the devil tells them there'll never be anything, they can remind the devil, you didn't make me, you didn't create me. God told me last night I was the apple of his eye. Devil, I know what he has said about me. I know his voice. Are you listening? We're telling people like Sunday morning and Sunday morning and last Sunday morning, two weeks ago, we're telling people, God says you can be different. God said, God did it for me and God told me in prayer, we have prayed for you. Some of these salvations are nothing but victory from intercessory prayer where we went to war with the devil and we told him, take your hands off our children. Take your hands and give them back in the name of Jesus Christ. Are you listening tonight? That doesn't happen at level one churches. No. I got seven minutes. My dad and I have had this conversation before, so I'm not talking bad about him. I made up my mind a few years ago, whatever I said about a person, I'll say to their face. My daddy loved gospel singing, but my daddy didn't know how to pray. We'd pack out a Southern gospel singing. We'd sing around the table. I remember singing, 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 singing. But never was discipled in how to pray and how to read my word. Prayer was a out here, not in here. And when prayer is out here and you grab it like an orange off of a tree, only when you're hungry, sooner or later you'll get to a place you can't reach it. And then you're in trouble. If it had not been for the intimate touch of my Savior through two crises of my life, I wouldn't be here. But every time I thought my foot would stumble, somehow, some way, somebody was praying for me. And somehow, some way, sooner or later, I'd go back to prayer. And every time, God prevailed. In Acts chapter 4, they are being tormented for preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Verse 13, the Sanhedrin didn't know what to do because they were mad that he preached the resurrection from the dead. By preaching the resurrection from the dead, they were furious, but they couldn't do nothing to them. Why? Because a lame man just got up and walked. Not only did a lame man get up and walk, 5,000 people believed in Jesus Christ and started following them. So when they realized that something's taking place, and I feel him. And Ronnie, they said, I don't know what to do to this man, these two men, but, but we know it can't be by them because they are ignorant, unlearned people. But somehow, someway, there's a man healed, and also 5,000 have been added to the church. So they said to them, I tell you what, let's just make them stop preaching in the name of Jesus Christ. And the two men stood back up and said, be it known unto you. All that we can do is tell what we have seen and what we have heard. And that name that you don't want us to speak about, it is by his name that that man stands whole and we stand here clean whole in our right minds. Bible says, seeing that they could do not do anything to them, they turned them loose. 
And when they turned them loose, they went laving with a lame man and 5,000 new converts. And they went back to the people of God. And what did they do? It wasn't Christ's prayer. No, 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 no. Christ's prayer is before him. It was after the fact of God's deliverance. The Bible said they went back and they lifted up their voices, praise to God. And they started praying, saying, why do the heathens rage? And why do nations fight against him? What they were saying, devil, you can come if you want to. You can fight if you want to. You can try to tear down this thing called the church. But baby boy, let me tell you something. Jesus said, I'll build my church on the rock and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Give me a praying church. Give me a praying church. Give me a church that knows how to pray and will pull down every stronghold in the corner county. Give me intercessors. Give me people that are not afraid to fight the good fight of faith and we'll pull them down one by one. But Brother Nolan, if we do that, he's gonna fight. I told you Sunday morning he would fight. I said, before I get up on Monday, I know he will not. Did I not tell you that? I said, Sunday, before I get up on Monday, he'll knock on my door. But let me tell you, that's what he's called to do. That's what he's supposed to do. If we'll go back to our prayer closet and say, devil, you thought. You thought you were going to trip me up right there. But, but God's people are one. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, we will be triumphant. And we will prevail in Jesus' name. Acts, a couple chapters later, the church was about to split because of two groups of people. One said they were playing favoritism. The Bible said they went to prayer and they came out and they said that they made what? They did what? They chose seven men of wisdom and a good report and made them deacons. Why? So the apostles can do what? Not start, but pass away, continue daily in prayer and in the word. Are you listening? They were already prayer warriors. Probably one of the greatest attacks on the church that we never preach about was not the devil. It was when Christians could not get along. But because somebody was already praying. Are you listening? Somebody was already praying. They established deacons and elders and the church went forward triumphant in Jesus name. I could preach on. What about when Simon was in jail and Rhoda, a little girl, was in a house prayer meeting and they prayed and they prayed and they prayed. They prayed so much God answered their prayer and they wouldn't stop praying. The little girl came back to him and said, you can stop praying now. The man you prayed for is at the door. They said, no baby girl, you seeing a ghost. We're going back to the prayer room. Give me some people that are praying and God delivers but they hadn't stopped yet because they know if they keep praying, God will answer the prayers of the saints. Paul and Silas at the midnight hour lifted up their hands in prayer and praise and started praying. Paul, how are we going to get out of this jail cell? I don't know but I know this, the same God that changed my life in Acts chapter 9 is the same God. He's the same God. He's the same God today if we would just call upon his name. Pastor, you're preaching, not teaching. I know it. I can't help it. Because I'm trying to push somebody like God is pushing me. Prayer has been the weakest thing in my Christian life. And I'm trying to change that in 2019. Pastor, you don't pray. Sure, I pray. But not like I should. 
And I woke up January 1 when everybody was making your New Year resolutions. Mine was to become a man of prayer. Are you listening? If we're going to be the church God's called us to be, we cannot be known for making the best broccoli casserole that Sister Smith makes. We cannot be known for making or having the best softball team, even though we probably do with the Williamsons. Are you listening? Chris Burton's not bad either, by the way. We cannot be known for having the best choir, which I believe we do. That's great. If we have all that, but we're not praying, sooner or later we'll start fighting amongst ourselves. Somebody will show out in the choir. Somebody will fall out. You say, preacher, you're trying to tell me nobody ever doesn't get along around here? No, I'm not telling you that. I'm telling you though that when we pray, though, we come back together and we say stuff like this, I was wrong. Can you forgive me? Because in prayer, God will show you. Hello? In prayer, God will reveal things. I'm going to have to teach on that. You, you don't believe me yet. I'm going to have to go to Corinthians and show you and, and quit saying, I have not seen it, ear has not heard. That's true, but not for everybody. There are certain things that God lets us see for those that want to go deeper in him. Can somebody say amen tonight? Amen.